Sean is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and every, most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a problem. It builds a problem. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 94 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between, and part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter, Instagram at Woody Sports 716 and follow everything the Built in Buffalo family has given you at Built in Buffalo underscore Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. It's a takeover. Built in Buffalo. We are your hosts, of course. I am Bat Crackle. He's Tony Ambrose. Tony, what is going on? It's been one week since our last podcast. Talking about Bill's new characters, the cat has one month until camp begins. That's when I tweet to all my Twitter friends. Matt, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. How are you? Good. It's crazy that you picked that song because I was actually thinking about Verdicke Ladies one week this week for some reason. <laughs> Through wow. all like the, the, the Twitter scrolling and news blasts and whatever. And I'm like, remember the simpler times when we were just trying to memorize the lyrics of one week by Verdicke Ladies? <laughs> like that thought we were just like. Bad. We were just breaking into old apartments and like that was socially acceptable. No one, no fear in that. <laughs> right. Oddly popped up in my mind. And then I think I saw Bare Naked Ladies are coming to Art Park this year they, for a concert. Yes, they are. Plug. Free plug to Bare Naked Ladies. Maybe free, free plug tickets for Art Park and Bare Naked Ladies. Yep. Free mm-hmm. tickets would be great. Be <laughs> there, there was like a stretch where in the end of July, it was like Earth, Wind and Fire. And then two or three days later, it was Weird Al Yankovic. And I'm like, what an amazing stretch of concerts. It's <laughs> <laughs> like just two amazing shows in three days is that this summer that you're talking about yeah really at, at our, our park? park yeah right wow i didn't even see that i didn't i can't believe i did not see weird al coming to our park i saw bleachers coming to our park that's exciting to me there's a lot of good shows there's yeah. a lot of good shows big, big plugs for our park here. big plugs for our park <laughs> would you go to a weird al show I would uh, I would go to a Weird Al show if the price was right and minimal. I would go okay. to a free Weird Al show. <laughs> so that's the right price for you. Uh, or I would pay fourteen ninety nine and under. Okay, because I was like all gung- the- I was all gung ho about this Weird Al show, like going and oh. I think it would be a fun concert. And and my wife was like, "Why would you go to that?" I'm like. <laughs> I wouldn't. I? <laughs> like I was yeah, like, I, the I dredge like the of society because I wanted to go see Weird Al. <laughs> well, I mean, you are the dredge of society, but well, it has nothing true, to yes. do with what Weird Al is saying or yeah. singing or, or enjoying. I think that I want the life experience of going to a Weird Al show, but I don't think I'm going to go and have this like amazing time. <laughs> Like, I think it sounds fun. So, like, I think like $10 is about as good a time as I'm going to have. But I think that I would like to, I think I owe it to myself and to society and to the idea that I'm living in this era in history 
that at least once I should probably see a live Weird Al show. Yeah, I think that's on the bucket list for sure. That's enough Weird Al talk. We're having a little mini episode. Everything's better mini, right? Like mini M&Ms are better than regular M&Ms. Mini me from Austin Powers was better than Dr. Evil. Everything better that's- mini, right? <laughs> Rest in peace, uh, Vern. Vern Troyer, yeah. R.I.P. Vern Troyer, that's it. I was going to say yeah, Vernon Davis, and I'm like, it's not Vernon Davis. It's not Vernon Davis, no. <laughs> absolute wrong. No. A- absolute opposite of Vernon Troyer is Vernon <laughs> Davis. Opposite ends of the spectrum of humanity here. <laughs> yes, of physical stature. Tony, right. but this summer episode, season... This episode is problematic. This is very problematic. Uh, like every episode is. <laughs> summer season, the concerts, the outdoors, and golf is going on, Tony. And our superstar quarterback this week played in... Capital One's the match. Shout out Capital One. All your banking needs. Capital One. This this episode is mainly to try to get free plugs. Yeah. Free sponsors. Tony, did you watch the match? I did watch the match. And did you love it? I liked it. It was a mildly good time. <laughs> it was a mild, it was it was like a weird Al concert. It was probably fine. It was a mildly good time. It was ten dollars worth of entertainment. Yeah, was, yeah. I'm like, you know. If, if I was in Vegas, if they were like only 10 bucks to see the match, I'd be like, all right, I'll go, I'll go see the match. <laughs> Josh Allen, how would you rate his golf game? Because I was I was going in with a lot of hype. I heard a lot of good <laughs> things about Josh Allen's golf game, how he was like an under 10 handicap, which is was very good in my book, at least for I'm sure for a lot of casual golfers as well. Was not impressed with Josh Allen's golf game. Thought he was Easily the worst guy out there in terms of golf. Best quarterback, best charisma, worst golfer. What did you think? Um, I would say I agree with your assessment. Worst golfer of the four. I am disappointed because of, I thought, I did think that he would be better. I heard he was like really preparing. I heard he's on the course every day here. Yeah. Heard he's getting coached up. You know, he's really, he's really putting in the time, putting in the effort. And I would expect nothing less out of Josh Allen. He's the consummate professional. Always. Uh, And then, yeah. And then he went out and he laid an egg, which (laughs) I think that's part of golf. Some, I think sometimes you, you go out and lay an egg, no matter how good you are, especially when it's not your, not your job. I thought Josh Allen was put in a really bad spot right from the start because he's playing against three other guys who are all MVPs, who have all won Super Bowls. And Josh is just, he's great. He's a top tier quarterback in the league, but he doesn't have the resume those guys do. So I thought in terms of like a mental aspect, a psychological aspect, a trash talking aspect, Josh was already behind the eight ball. And I think it, I think it showed a little on the golf course. Now, Josh's hype surrounding his strengths on the golf course and otherwise is that he's a known excellent trash talker. Yes. And you're right. And and that's what I was looking forward to seeing be put on display. I was looking forward to, you know, to paraphrase Micah Hyde when he said, like, we have a quarterback that's just a big, goofy white dude and he slings it. (laughs) And I'm like, now America is going to know the Josh Allen that we know. Just the big, goofy white dude, clever, charismatic, funny, quick witted that we all know. And, And then and that not only was his supposedly good golf game not on display if every every leg of his was cut out from under him in every other sense he could not be that great of a trash talker because he was playing so bad like he was at the disadvantage he could not be that funny and witty i mean a a couple things went viral his golf his golf ball went viral of course that was good and it's and it helped that he i'm sure many people in the western new york area who are stakeholders were saying when is he going to say it? When is he going to say it? it's an encore golf ball? Encore golf ball, like just say it. And I was <laughs> waiting for, for him encore, to say yeah. it. 
Yes, exactly. So, because we know that he is a Encore local company of golf, you know, balls and equipment. Yep. Josh Allen is Josh Allen is their spokesman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tom Brady had never heard of it. Now he has. So big moment for there, and big moment for us too, because we love Encore Golf. We love Encore Golf, Matt. <laughs> yes, Encore Golf, the number one golf. Encore, ball shout out golf. Encore Golf. We love Encore Golf. The Balls pride of Buffalo. Encore Golf. So straight, you wouldn't believe your eyes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It. I would say it defies the laws of physics that Josh played as poorly as he did with an encore golf ball. It doesn't make any sense. Isaac Newton is rolling in his grave, but without the, but without this, without the ability, I'm like, Ooh, like the trash talk, not that good. His game, not that good. Almost saves it at the end with that amazing putt metaphor Mm -hmm. for how it is to be a Bills fan. Overall, I don't know. Fun night, I guess. He kind of got it back a little bit in the middle towards the end, but everyone knew that Patrick Mahomes was carrying his team. Yeah, and of course you mentioned that final putt, 80 footer, almost sinks it. It was insane. And of course, like he doesn't. And of course, it's all the comparison on social media is like, well, this sums up Josh Allen's career to a team. I mean, is what we all thought. We all thought the, the promised land. Yeah, like we all like, thought. Uh, that's the that is Bills. That was a the Bills putt. That was a Bills putt. Get, yeah, uh, to get a grass blade away. That was the summation of the of Josh Allen's career in the Bills. Of course, as social media would tell you, but uh, it was it was a fun time. And uh, you know, Josh started to go with the trash talking. You mentioned the the golf ball from Encore Golf. Shout out Encore Golf. Shout um, out Encore Golf. We love Encore Golf. <laughs> that had Tom Brady's combine picture on it. Good touch. Good touch. Brady immediately dismissed like, I never heard of this company, which bad for Encore Golf, but Encore Golf, we support you. And then, like I said, just always behind the eight ball in terms of the, the trash talking because I don't think his resume stacked up and then his golf game didn't stack up and I just think it, it wasn't the greatest night for Josh Allen. He and he played it off well. I mentioned Pat Mahomes was carrying him. My back hurts because Pat's carrying us. So I thought he played it off well. But even before the match, they asked everyone's biggest fear. And Pat Mahomes said Josh Allen's biggest fear is a coin toss. Slight jab there. Tom Brady hits, a, like it. hits a bad drive. He says, okay, that one came up a little chunky. That one came up a little Josh Allen-y. I was like, man, like if, if Josh was playing good, I thought he could give it back. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case on the night of the match. But looks great out there. Always looks good in shorts. We know that as Bill's Mafia. We know that his golf cart was immaculate with the golf bag and the Zubas golf bag. So he definitely won in the presentation department, I'd say. So if he can take anything away from it, it was that he, he heard a couple people on the golf course, but that's OK. <laughs> That's okay. They'll get over it. That's what happens. Was, that's golf. That's what happens. That's golf. That's golf. It's golf. Charles Barkley was great on commentary, by the way. I that's, gotta mention. That's what I was gonna say. The MVP of the night was Charles Barkley. I thought. Yeah. I loved his comment of um, fans should stand in the middle of the fairway, then they wouldn't get it. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very good quips from Charles. But we mentioned this before on I podcast, did. like p- taking people out of their elements in terms of in the broadcast booth, whether it's Charles Barkley doing golf when he typically does basketball, or Kevin. Harden Snoop Dogg at the Olympics or Will Ferrell at an LA Kings game or whatever. Like those are always really good moments. Like they should do that a lot more. Take the person (laughs) out of their elements, put them in the broadcast booth and just let them freestyle. It's always great television. So couldn't agree more. Why, why stop there? Get us in the booth. We barely know we're talking. Get me in the tennis booth. I'll call it. I'll call it Kelly Pagula Mash or Jesse Pagula Bar- <laughs> Barely is an overstatement. We don't know. What we're <laughs> yeah. No, oh, that'd be great. Call it. Call it Pagula Tennis Match. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. yeah get us. Sign me up. <laughs> it will be, be mostly great. Bill's talk. It will be mostly Bill's talk. That's right. But 
Overall, it was for a good cause. The match was a lot of money donated to charity. Josh was in the spotlights. No matter what the outcome was, no matter how good or bad Josh played, I still couldn't help like watching that television program thinking like, man, there's a Bills player out there. There's a Bills player involved in this. And I never thought that would ever be the case for the longest time. But here we are like that. That was just that put a smile on my face, no matter what happened on the golf course. That that entered my mind as well. Many, many times that like this is weird that something like this there's a Bills player on it. It just feels like there's like there's a panel or uh, of some way and there's like three superstars on it. And then like, oh, and here's this like this kid I kind of knew in high school. Like, I know this person. <laughs> like, it's like someone I have a kinship to, but I don't really know. But it's like weird. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, and they're also there apparently right. as part of this, you know? Right. The Illuminati of NFL. <laughs> I also enjoyed Tom Brady not playing very well as well, even though he's a good trash talker. That guy comes off so smug and like he's good at everything to see him play so poorly. Now, speaking of that, Matt, what do you make of the uh, image and move by Josh of when he pats Tom Brady's back and he's giving the finger? I love it. Love it. What, what, <laughs> what, what do you think that is? Do you interpret that as he's giving Tom Brady the finger? I think it's a, a subtle nod, like a like a what's up chin up. What's up, Bill's Mafia? Thing. Yeah, like what's up, Bill's Mafia? I'm giving Tom Brady the middle finger because I know that's right. what Bill's Mafia wants me to do. Yeah, that's how I interpret okay. it. Okay, okay. Is that how you interpret it? I don't know how to interpret it. So I would say that's how, I guess I can choose to believe to interpret it that way, but I think it's kind of a reach, but I am going to make that reach. Really, I interpreted as he was holding the golf club at the time. And so he wants to do a pat. So some of his fingers become active and some of his fingers don't because he's like, he's multitasking with his hand. Yeah. That's how I take it. Okay. I, I could see that as well. If you were to pick one player from the drought era to do an event like this, like be in the spotlight like this. Who would you choose? But like to be a golfer or to be like, like just, just or just to be in like a, a program. The focus is on them solely, whether it's a golf event or I don't know, the host of Dancing with the Stars. I don't know. Who knows? But if you could pick a Bills what? player to kind of be, be I, I, just something else outside of football, who would you choose? Ooh, two names came immediately to mind, but I would. I feel like I'm doing a disservice by just going with these two players because because they're I think they're obvious choices and they're and I think the obvious choice is someone who who does get these opportunities all the time and that be Marshawn Lynch. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like Marshawn Marshawn Lynch does get to do things like the match and be guests and involved in things and all of a sudden Marshawn Lynch yeah. is like yeah or on Murderville or Marshawn Lynch is like in the, <laughs> the booth calling a tennis game or right. something like for some reason. So that was, was so Marshall Lynch, I think, is the obvious choice in the sense that he does that all the time. Yeah, that, that's the obvious choice. My other thought was our first ever guest on this podcast, Javron Hamden, I think would be <laughs> not that he has the notoriety for the Bills, but I think he has the personality to really shine. Uh, yeah, uh, yes. And maybe he does get those opportunities like in a Bollywood sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very problematic again. This episode. Right. Yeah, keeping, keeping this episode problematic. But, My other thought was yeah. Fitz. Fitz has a big time personality, uh, but also, uh, but also a now. subtle downplayment of his own active personality in the <laughs> right. sense that like, you know, like, that there's a that there's still a wholesomeness that comes to it that he's just that he's just confident enough but not outlandish enough that I think plays well into a lot of those into a lot of those uh scenarios. I mean, and that's why we see the reports that he's 
maybe going to be uh, in the booth for Amazon. Yeah, that's a big piece a, of this. A, so I mean, a, I don't a great know. call. That'd be a great call. Well, Tony, I kind of want to see him in some Bills games. <laughs> well, you will be just in the booth, at least sure. for okay. one of them. Actually, I don't know if they have an Amazon Thursday night game because their Thursday nights are the opener and Thanksgiving. I don't think either of those are on Amazon. So I think we, we do have, have an Amazon game though, because I think. Well, I don't know. There were those headlines about about how we'll be on every channel. Oh, and I think Amazon would count as that, right? I, I never thinking, heard of this well, Amazon. Have you? I think they're problematic. <laughs> so we got to talk about them in the problematic episode. Would one of the like those flex games yeah. be what goes to Amazon? Like that December flex game? Oh, possibly. Interesting. You're mm-hmm. saying Amazon has games outside of Thursday nights. Potentially, yeah. Mm, interesting. I wish I knew the broadcast schedule. Shout out Amazon. <laughs> Great products all at the click of a button. Check out Amazon. Shout out Amazon. And with being a Prime member, it's so affordable and convenient. Oh, so convenient. Unbelievable. Yeah. Amazon. You think you think two people like us go. would get their would get their Prime subscription for free for next year you with a plug so, like right? this to an amazing company like Amazon. An and amazing you know what? Plugs reaching so many people. Absolutely. And the best part about Amazon, how they treat their workers. <laughs> right? Just five-star just reviews. Rights. Every yeah, worker star. there. Absolutely. Everyone who works there, top to bottom, loves Great it. Morale has never been higher. Work balance. <laughs> never. Morale, morale could not be higher at Amazon. Just such a great company, Amazon. <laughs> really, really Fitz doing knows. everyone a good service. I mean, Fitz went to Harvard, and that's the first company he's trying to work for is Amazon. What does that tell you? He's a smart guy. That's he's what a smart guy. He knows. And Amazon's he knows where a to smart go. He knows where to, he knows where to take his Harvard degree to the best company <laughs> that's, that is hiring right now. That's right. That's right. Tony, other thoughts about the match uh, before we... We get into Bill's news this week. What did you think well of said. the what did you think of the way that they had to earn a mulligan? Oh, I liked it. Uh, okay. throwing the ball at Charles Barkley's giant cutout head. Yeah. Now um, I, was expect- I, I was a little upset that Josh almost missed because he was the only one that really like this came, is this is where I'm close going. to missing. <laughs> yes, this is where so, I'm going. I, I thought for sure. I would be seeing, and maybe it's my algorithm just not showing me because it knows me well enough. But right. I thought for sure I'd be seeing a lot of jokes about Josh Allen accuracy based on him just brushing the top of Chuck's head and I everyone think, else hit him in the nose. I think, yeah, exactly. Right. I think Jake from State Farm helped him out a I little. Think so. I think, I think he so like too. moved it up. I think, I think he. So I think he's going for the Josh Allen sponsorship. The insurance curse is in play now, Tony, and I don't like that. I don't want to see that. That's my greatest fear. The insurance curse is not something I want involved. I the want insurance any curse part of. is bad. No, it's good. Insurance from State Farm. Great service. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like you don't even have to be in an accident or have something happen to you. And they're just sending no, you money. Just the convenience of having it. Yeah. It's peace of mind alone. Great company from State Farm. State Farm Insurance. I, I will say. We're, uh, we're better than farmers. <laughs> that's for sure. That's our I title. Will, <laughs> yeah. I will say I thought Charles Barkley... My analysis of Charles Barkley as a broadcaster seems to be him just rattling off random people he's met and telling you right. how they're a nice guy. Like he, <laughs> right. he probably, I feel like he did it three or four Stephen times. Stephen A. Smith. Starting yeah. with, right, right. <laughs> starting with, I met that insurance. I met that Jake from State Farm. He's a really nice guy. His real name's <laughs> Kevin. His real name's Kevin. And I, who would have like, thought? Point, yeah, who would have thought? But he was just such a nice guy. At that moment, I was like, Charles Barkley. This is Charles Barkley's night. 
I came for right. Josh Allen. I'm staying for Charles Barkley. That was the moment that I was all in on Charles Barkley commentating this thing. <laughs> That's a good point. Yes. Tony, with that, let's get away from Charles and go back to Josh Allen. Let's talk some bills. All right. OTAs week two. Week two in the books. You ready? Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Marv, take it away. Go, go. Bills fight. Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. Tony, week two of voluntary OTAs kicked off this week, and we have a punt battle on our hands, Tony, even though I think it's over. We always start off with the punters. That's the most important position on the team. Everyone knows that. We know mm-hmm. that. So that's why we Especially start. on the Bills this year. Especially on the Bills this year. <laughs> Matt Areza going viral this week with an 80-yard booming punt. <laughs> and I'm reading articles from The Athletic and Odyssey and you know, Buffalo Rumble, whatever, saying... Not not mentioning the 80-yard bomb that Areza hit, but talking about the negative, talking about the hang time, almost like they're forcing this competition to happen. Even though when I see a guy hit an 80-yard punt, it's over. It's over for me. Punt God is the choice here. I don't like that they're spinning this, the media spinning this into, this could be a competition, a Matt versus Matt extravaganza. It's the punt God's job to lose at this point. Tony. Um well, I think it's been the punk guy's job to lose ever since we drafted him in the fifth round. Brandon Bean does not <laughs> like the way to fix. So I, I, I would say that I would say that it is his his job to lose just based on that alone. I saw this video and I had an opposite interpretation as you. I saw this video Ooh. with concern. Do tell. Oh, well, what's your as concern? you know, I mean, well, man, I've, I've spent a good amount of time in my life watching the Bills practices, yes, especially you have. in the off season. And I have been known to sit or stand, I should say, in the top row of Palisano Stadium at St. John Fisher so that I can watch what's happening on the field in front of me and also observe the special teams unit behind me every once in a while to see what they're doing. And I also sit there so that I can eavesdrop on Dean Kindig, AKA Astro and hear what he's talking about with his friends. And when I, <laughs> shout out Dean, when I, yeah, shout out, <laughs> Dean, shout out Astro. And Astro. so, but what I like to do is like when I'm watching those punters, you know, the punt business happening and everything, you know, it's just them and the long, it's just punter kicker long snapper over on the other field. Sure. Matt, like that's all they do all day. Like a punter's practice is just punting. So but my is, question is, why are we on day seven? Matt, this, no, it doesn't often involve 80 yarders and neither <laughs> does Matt rate stuff because here we are in day six of OTAs. And that's when this video comes along. If this guy is, if this guy is supposedly the punk ad, why did it take? All he does is punt all day. Why does it take until day six of practice for this video to come around? Uh, that's a good point. I, I don't know. Uh-huh. Maybe the, well, he was practicing his whole his whole godness for the first five days. Oh, I hope Who so. Knows? Well, that's what that's what we care about. So that's what we that's what we care about. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I, I have to imagine. Like like I said, the naysayers were. Well, he kicked it out of the end zone, so reduced twenty yards from the punt. I'm like, still a sixty yard punt. What? That's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, the hang time wasn't as good as Matt Hawks and all this stuff. Mm, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Like very nitpicky yeah. stuff here. I'm like, the guy just kicked the ball 80 yards. Like he's not using a vortex out there. Like he's using a normal football, kicking it 80 yards. It is done. And then I 
did some matter raiser research. I pulled up an article from 538.com, the analytics. They they do the numbers thing. And literally an article dedicated to matter raiser from his senior year or his final year in college last year. And it mentioned how matter raiser actually helped the offense with his punts. Like the point differential was like three touchdowns worth in a season of matter raises punting, helping the offense in terms of field position and you know, whatever. So it's over. Not only is he a special teams ace, if he gets the hold God moniker down, we're good there. And now he's helping the offense on top of it. Yeah, this, this competition's over. I don't need to see Matt Hawk during training camp shank 20 yarders into the hospitality tent no it's done punk god's, punk god's do time that. is now <laughs> i okay i mean that makes me feel a little bit more excited but i'm still <laughs> i'm i i still just i just still think that people are getting the wrong impression i mean he's gonna punt what like 25 to 30 times this season which is like insane so. you know yeah i know insanely like it, low. <laughs> it would be insanely low but you know it's the off season so we can be really high on the bills and think that they're the, one of the greatest teams of all time and talk like that so if he's gonna punt 30 times i mean how many of those are gonna be these like amazing 80 yarders or whatever it's just that i don't know it just feels like it's fun that it happened how much is this really transferring to our life right. yeah well, we mentioned it last week. Like I was waiting for the shoe to drop. I wanted to see anything that gave me the confidence to say it's a raises job to lose. And that just 80 yard boom punt. I don't care if it was into the wind. I don't care if the hang time was less than Matt Hawks. I, I don't care. Like that was the shoe dropping for me. Look, I like Matt Rates. I probably want his jersey. That's kind of where it ends. I, I like the yeah, idea of Matt Rates. Yeah. I like the idea of Matt Areza. If he never punts, I'm okay with that. That's a good thing. Right. Right. Uh, moving on. Big emphasis on the offense this week. I feel like having Josh Allen out for the match. We got to see a little Case Keenum dropping dimes. We got to see a little Matt Barkley and his million dollar smile. And we got to see a little insight into Ken Dorsey and his offensive philosophy. We also got to see Ken Dorsey on the field throwing footballs to receivers. And are we at a point now where Ken Dorsey's in a battle for the QB three position. Could he be a player coach on this team? I had the exact same thought. This is, <laughs> this is Artis Urbe with the savers. Right. Put the pads on. I think the obvious answer is yes. Yes. He, of course. Yes. Of course. If we're in a bind map Bar- and Matt Barkley doesn't end up earning a roster spot. Well, maybe Matt Barkley doesn't end up earning a roster spot because we got Ken Dorsey already there. This is, so, this to me is like when the NHL team has to go to like the accountant emergency goalie. Right. Like exactly. this is just an up. This is just a that situation, but an upgrade. We actually have a guy who played quarterback. Right. This isn't some rando from been the to a national athlete. championship. He's only 41 years old. This no, isn't like younger than Tom Brady. the realm. Yes, exactly. I was just going to say, like, Tom Brady's 44. Like, this is not out of the realm of possibility that Ken Dorsey and any kind of emergency pinch could step in and start slinging the ball a little bit. I think Matt Barkley's job is is on the hot seat right now, honestly. Are you being honest? Because I feel like some people are going to listen to this and be like, these guys are idiots. What the hell are they talking about? <laughs> well, that's this what we're going like how it works. Yeah. And then they're going to be like, this show's problematic enough and these guys don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting out of here. We're just giving a little different perspective than other people. Out well, there. are you being like, you're joking, right? Oh, I'm totally joking. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. But okay. I, I, I guess I I'm need, not joking. I guess I'm not joking. I guess I'm not joking in a sense that nuclear bomb situation <laughs> where all three of these guys get hurt. Can Ken Dorsey come in if there's absolutely nobody else out there? Like, yeah, would well, you rather course. go with, would you rather go with Ken Dorsey or I don't know who's a rant, Jake Fromm? 
No, it'd be, I, it would be Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie is the emergency quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather go with Isaiah or Ken Dorsey? Well, okay. Now that we put it like this, I think it'd be a lot of fun to have Isaiah quarterback. <laughs> okay. Not, I mean, the offense would, would completely change. It'd be mostly Wildcat, but you know, throws a few little shovel passes to James Cook. Maybe we got some going. I wouldn't mind that. A little Isaiah McKenzie I, option, James Cook. That'd be fun. I, that's what I'm Tony, I think, you're, I think you're developing the offense as we speak. Get me in the QB room. Ken Dorsey, we don't need you anymore. Or I mean, <laughs> maybe I can you. convince him of something. What's his name? Joe Brady. Joe Brady. There we go. Coach Brady, I got some. We got to talk. Tweet at me. Get, get that ginger Panthers cast off out of here. <laughs> there you go. Tony's time. Um, Tony's time. Speaking of Panthers, Luke Keekley was at practice again. Yeah. I feel like we're just kind of like at this point where Luke Keekley's at practice every year for three to five days. And we're just like, is Luke Keekley going to sign with the Bills? It's starting to feel kind of like Luke Keekley is like that college kid that's like going back to visit his high school one too many times. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh my gosh, another this guy again. You're, you're here again. Yeah. Like this guy's here again. Like, dude, yeah. you graduated. It's you gotta over. go look at your, gotta go look at your trophies <laughs> in the glass case one more right. time and put on that varsity jacket one more time and be the hot shot on, on school grounds one more time. Yeah. That, that's Luke Keekley at this point. It, it might be. And all, and all the, like the students at the high school are like, dude, aren't you like 32 now? Why are you coming back? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Luke Keekley. <laughs> Yeah, that, I think that might be Luke Keekley. Is, is there any reason why he's there other than just he knows McDermott and he, he's not there to help coach, right? I mean, I think that it is. I think he I think he offers tidbits. I speculate that he offers tidbits to the likes of our linebacking core. I don't know. I mean, is is Bernard listening intently to Luke Keekley? I hope so. I hope he is. Oh, I hope he is. I don't, Luke Keekley only, only 31 years old again. I mean riddled with concussions throughout his year so wouldn't want to see him back on the field but again not out of the realm of possibility that in a pinch john mcdermott calls up luke keekley and says hey luke we our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of noom they build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions medical issues and other personal needs so your plan works for you Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Need you for this four-game stretch. To get into the playoffs, we are, we're down all our linebackers. We need you for this four-game stretch to get us into the playoffs until Tremaine comes back or whatever. There's a Disney movie contract waiting in the wings for you. I could see that scenario play now. Again, we're speaking hypotheticals. We're speaking like we're idiots, but it's on the table. I would say it's on the table that during the division round of the playoffs, we have a starting middle linebacker in Luke Keekley and a starting quarterback in Ken Dorsey. Who was it this year? Oh, he could be this year's Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle came back for the Rams uh -huh. in a pinch at safety. He could be this year's Eric Weddle. Wins the Super Bowl. There you go. Not so idiotic now, is it, listeners? <laughs> this is devolving. Uh, <laughs> Marshawn Lynch is at running back. <laughs> That'd be great. He loves Applebee's. And he loves 
only playing in the playoffs. That's true. Tony, going back to the offense, uh, Ken Dorsey spoke for, I think the first time, at least the first time he was available to the media. Love the Ricky Bobby Talladega Knights reference in terms of this is a little different than being a QB coach. Now he has a lot more positions, obviously, to account for and learn and, and develop a playbook for. So uh, he feels like a little Ricky Bobby-esque where he doesn't know what to do with his hands. Love the reference. I think Josh appreciates that reference. But we heard from a lot of players. We heard from Josh or Gabe Davis. We heard from a lot of players this week about Ken Dorsey's competitive nature and how he's just always on attack. And to me, I'm loving the sound of it. We'll see if the execution matches up with, with the, the talk. They can talk to talk and walk the walk. But I'm thinking the Bills are going to score like 40 points a game this year based on what everyone's <laughs> saying, based on Ken Dorsey's philosophy. The guy just seems like super aggressive. Like that moment Josh takes the lead in the KC game and he's on the sideline like, let's go, let's go. Like, I feel like the way players talk about Ken Dorsey, he's that he's in that mindset. He's in that let's go mood every single second of every single practice game, anytime there's football being played. So I'm thinking the Bills offense is... If the execution is right, they're going to be a juggernaut this year. If the execution is right. I mean, I'm taking everything that everyone's saying with a grain of salt. I think that it's early. I think that it's a um, time where you can like not smoke screen, but like, you know, you don't reveal anything. Mm -hmm. And so I think I, I, I don't know. I kind of think that everything even Ken Dorsey said in his press conference is somewhat of lip service just because, you know, he's trying to, I hope, keep his cards close to the chest. Obviously, I love. The, the Ricky Bobby reference. I, I heavily appreciated that. Um, but I am also very much what I'm looking for is like, I appreciate an offensive coordinator who plays the chess game, who's sending things up in the game the right way. And to hear that he's super aggressive. Okay, maybe that works. That probably works with us. But I what I don't want. And I mean, it worked out in the end as I always remember Dable's first game calling an offensive coordinator. And on ESPN, they were saying, I know Brian Dable must have been trying to do something, but I can't figure out what it was. I don't know what he was trying to set up or do. Right. Like, that's kind of what I'm cautious about or kind of like hoping doesn't happen with Ken sure. Dorsey. That he's not just throwing spaghetti at the wall and trying to figure this out. And I am really dreading the early weeks of the season when a somewhat new offense maybe gets set up that way. I think our first four games are is our toughest stretch. All of a sudden, have discussions start to go. The bills are collapsing. What is happening in Buffalo? Like it's all falling apart. They're they're a bunch of nobody. You know, like just that moment because of what Ken Dorsey might set up. I, that's just kind of what I'm like dreading. Yeah. No, I I think that's fair, and I think there's going to be a learning curve. I mean, he's a first time offensive coordinator. It's first time coaching multiple positions, as he mentioned. He's used to coaching quarterbacks. He played quarterback. So that's his relationship with Josh. I think he kind of tends to fall back on that. It'll be interesting to see. I, I, the thing is, why I don't think the learning curve will be too steep. Maybe in terms of play calling, we might see some struggles and you know hopefully no second and long runs as, as we we hated with Dable towards the end that's of his a good tenure. point um, good point but we'll, we'll see if the play calling <laughs> matches up with the ag aggressiveness you mentioned playing a chess game and I feel like Dable yeah he's pretty good at playing chess game out there but I feel like the way they speak of Dorsey it's like if Dorsey was playing a chess game his opponents rook to f5 and, and then on his turn Dorsey just knocks all the pieces over and says yeah. I win and stands up like that's what I feel like Ken Dorsey at least the way they speak of him and his competitive nature, everyone mentioned how competitive and how fire he was. So I don't think the playbook's going to change that much. I don't think it's going to deviate. I don't think the terminology is going to change. I don't think the the crux of the playbook is going to change much from Dorsey to Dave or Dave to Dorsey. So 
it's just a matter of whether he makes a play call. And I think when we see his relationship with Josh Allen being the QB's coach last year and now offensive coordinator this year, I think he's going to lean on Josh a lot. I think if he said, Josh, what do you think we're going to, what do you, what do you want to do here? What do you see in on the defense? I think that's going to be a lot more in play this year. So I think Josh has a great handle being in this offensive system for the past five years of what works, what doesn't, what de- what defenses are showing him. So the fact that we have the offensive coordinator, and I'm not saying Dable wasn't <laughs> willing to work with Josh, but you know, Dable developed it. So maybe it's his baby. Like he protects it more and he doesn't want any say, I, I don't know this, but I'm just speculating, but it sounds like Dorsey is leaning more on Josh in terms of input and what they can do from an offensive standpoint. So I, I like that, it, you know, get, get, get your quarterback's opinion, see what he sees out there, see what he likes and what he thinks is going to work. And I think it'll be all gravy. Honestly, I think Dorsey will have no adjustment period whatsoever. I think, or, or a small one at that. If there's one thing that I could really use to make me feel a lot more confident about the situation as I'm going into, you know, hearing what Ken Dorsey said this week with sort of a grain of salt or sort of maybe some preconceived bias. As we remember, he was quarterback's coach last year slash passing coordinator. If someone was to explain to me what the position of passing game coordinator looked like on the Bills last year, then I would have like a greater insight, I think, into what the transition would be into this Ken Dorsey run offense. Right. What do you think passing coordinator means? Yeah, passing game coordinator. Like, I don't know, like, well, I think like offensive coordinator or the teams that have like a run game coordinator and a passing game coordinator. I I was always under the impression that the passing game coordinator or running game coordinator calls the running plays or passing plays. Like someone is agreeing, like this is a run play. This is a pass. And then Dable's just agreeing with them. Yeah. And then someone, and then someone calls the pass plays. If that's what it is, which I don't think that's what it was, but if that's what it was, then I'd be like, Oh, well then Dable was coasting because all we do is pass. So Ken Dorsey was running the offense anyway, but I don't think that's what it was. So so I don't know what passing game coordinator is, but I think that if it was something, if it was more than nothing, then I mean, that would make me feel pretty good about Ken Dorsey coming into this spot. Is Ken Dorsey's title of passing game coordinator the, the equivalent of a, a weird hell concert for you? It's not Yeah, nothing. it's like, you know, it's a little something. It's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I would be, you know, it's about $8 worth of a good time. Uh, perfect. Uh, the other thing Dorsey mentioned was the variety. And we talked about this in past podcasts, how many weapons he has and how he can utilize them in different formations and things like that. So I think it's nice to hear it from him that he's thinking the same way we are. It's, you know, it's not only single tight end or, you know, power eye formation with Devin Singletary, whatever. And, you know, it, it's maybe it's a two tight end set now with OJ Howard. Maybe it's lining a guy like Khalil Shakir Hewolf in the backfield or Isaiah McKenzie in the backfield or maybe seeing some different looks, maybe rolling Josh out more, you know, making him less of a pocket passer. I, I liked, I was speculating that that was the case based on the personnel they brought in this offseason, that they're going with more variety. They're, they're going with uh, a friend of a podcast, Anthony from cover one um, talks about rock, paper, scissors. And I think that's a great analogy of like, Hey, if, I, if this team's throwing rock, we can now throw paper instead of us just having this one track mind of like, this is the offense. This is what we're rolling with. That's what I thought they got into trouble with last year. For example, in the Jacksonville game is like, they didn't know how to adjust. Like, yeah, maybe the offensive line was a big reason and they were down because they had to play Cody forward and some backups in that game. And they didn't have the personnel to adjust, but it didn't seem like they adjusted everything. They just kind of head down, banging it into the wall, and 
It's not working. It's stable trusting the system that it's going to work eventually. I feel like Dorsey now with not only the notion of him leaning on Josh Moore in terms of getting his input, but also realizing the personnel variety they have on the team with maybe two tight ends or McKenzie or Shakir, whoever, like now we have different variations of the offense to throw at any defense at any one time, no matter what they're showing us. And then we can adjust in game accordingly. So again, I, we were hoping that we were thinking that it's just nice to hear it straight from the, uh, the mouth of Ken Dorsey this week. hundred percent. That's what, I mean, that's what I kind of was anticipating. When you look at the personnel, when you roster, when you look at the wide receiver room, when you look at the wrinkles that we added to the offense, that's what you're hoping is going to, it's being set up for. So to hear it from Dorsey's mouth directly, I'm glad that I'm glad he and me view this offense the same way. Him. One of the great college quarterbacks of our time, me. Oh, I'm in my big Washington the, save all time. One of the average podcasters of our time. Yeah, me <laughs> sitting in my basement on the east side of Rochester, New York. Hey, it, the 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 scales of justice are balanced here. There you go, <laughs> Tony. With the offense, let's talk about the receivers because the receivers. I thought had a lot of mention of them this week. We see the viral clip of Dorsey throwing the balls while Josh Allen was at the match, and like literally sixty percent of the receivers dropping a single like slant route. Yeah, Dorsey was gunning it, but it's also Ken Dorsey. He hasn't played in football in a long time, and he's forty-one years old. So, but Isaiah Hodgins out. Clea Shakir, he wolf out uh, with injuries. So a little bit concerned, especially with Isaiah Hodgins. I feel like this is a big. Big. Uh, obviously, this is Hodgins' track record. He's very injury prone throughout his time with the Bills, but this is a make or break year for him. I, mean, I feel like in terms of receivers, there's five set, right? Like it's Diggs, Davis, McKenzie, Crowder, and Shakir, right? Those are the five kind of shoe-ins and the Bills usually take six. So I think Kumaro is a shoe-in. You do? I do. This is, this is me being naive to special teams. I, I don't think Kumro is a shoe-in, but there, there's obviously a, a positional battle for that six receiver or maybe seven if maybe Kumro is a shoe-in for six and they keep seven. But Hodgins being out is a big deal. Like losing reps even this early on is a big deal. Seeing an injury again coming from him is a big deal. And he was kind of like my dark horse pick. I was I was hoping he would kind of take the reins this offseason of that number six spot. I, I don't know, I'm a little concerned, Marcus Stevenson dropping a lot of balls. We've seen that throughout his two years here or one year plus here. He's prone to drops. It seems like it's continuing this year. So I don't think that bodes well for any Marcus Stevenson fans out there. Uh, plus he's slow, not as fast as people think. It takes him a lot to get up to top speed in my opinion, but that's neither here nor there. Talking about the receivers and their drops. Tony, Isaiah Hodgson, is it is it over for you? You're giving him a chance? Is he at the outside looking in? Or any of these guys? Stevenson, Kumro, you think is a lock, obviously. I don't really know any of your receivers past that, honestly. But other than Hodgins and Stevenson, anyone standing out to you? Or you have any thoughts about those two guys? I have written off Stevenson already. Okay. I kind of have yeah. too. Yeah, I kind of have too. I think it does not bode well because I can't believe that you couldn't think of a another receiver when we have an illustrious receiver that just joined us. Are you talking about and Tavon Tav- Austin signing? I'm talking about Tavon Austin, there. of course. I was well, getting there. Come on. I mean, we're talking. We're, <laughs> you're there. You're there. I'm there. We're here. We're here. Let's yeah. talk about Tavon Austin signed uh, this year, one year deal. I, I don't know. To me, like they sign these guys, it, I don't think it means much. Could it mean something? Sure. And why not take a shot on them? He, obviously, a, one of the great college players of his time, and as Naheem Hines would, would tell you from the Colts, who like adores 
Tavon Austin. But I don't, to me, like these signings are just, they're camp bodies. Like, I don't know if they have a shot of making the team. I think it's a very low percentage of a shot to make the team at this point. I think there's like literally like seven, eight spots up for grabs on this team, even this early on in, a, in the off season. So to me, it's just a camp body. You, th- you think the Tavon Austin signing is significant in any way? No, I don't think he's going to make the team. Okay. Glad we're on the same page. But I, it does, it, but it, it does yeah. give another option for, you know, a special teams guy, a kick returner, punt returner, because we've seen McDermott pull the plug on the McKenzie thing last year, even though we both thought it was too soon and that McKenzie should still have those duties throughout the season. I don't think the Stevenson thing worked out well. We, You and I have wrote him off already. So uh, unless he shows a, a substantial turnaround this training camp, I, I think that's nothing there in terms of kick returns. Shakir is an unknown commodity at this point. So yeah, why not bring Taylor Austin? I don't think he's going to make an impact in the wide receiver room, but for a kick returner, special uh, special teams player, punt returner, sure, why not? Give the guy a shot. That's how I view it. That's how I view it. Um, and if I can be the devil's advocate of myself, I like we have seen that there is seemingly a, you know, I, I think that they do prioritize kick returner higher than most, higher than we do um, in the sense that, I mean, we had Andre Roberts for two years and that was a big deal and he wasn't really contributing anything past kick return. And we had, and then, you know, we drafted and kept Stevenson in spite of the fact that even when we kept him, I'm like, oh, we're keeping him. Okay. I kind of like, didn't think that we would. It seems like they think, you know, in their blueprint of spots, kick return specialist is one of those spots. Um, so that's kind of like the only thing I think, which I, I think many of us are just like, I let Isaiah McKenzie return kicks. Like he, we've, we've seen him take him to the house. We know he's awesome on the team and everyone loves him. He's a little dirty. He's about to be the winner of America. Okay, so the franchise. Uh, yeah, he's the face of the franchise. He's about to be the winner of America's Got Talent. Just let him return some kicks. Wh- what is the problem? What did he do but, on America's Got Talent? Did you see it? I don't know. Wait, was he oh. on it already? Did it happen? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I thought you knew based on that statement that he was going to oh, win. No. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I didn't know based on Has the show even started yet? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't watch it. It's like a summertime thing. I don't know. Oh, so okay. we we would we would know about it. Like it would be all over Twitter. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, they're not, they're not hiding that. So, <laughs> but I mean, I think that that's kind of our mindset, but I think that they think there's a roster spot that goes to someone who's there to return kicks uh, as their primary function. And so maybe, Tave, maybe that's Tavon Austin. I don't know. I mean, Andre Roberts was kind of old when he was returning kicks. So you never know. Maybe, maybe I don't, maybe this is what they're thinking. Maybe this is the mindset. If it is, I don't know. Tavon Austin's cool. Yeah, I, I guess. Does it boggle your mind that Tavon Austin's like 32 years old? <laughs> yeah, he's 31, right? I think. And- 31. I feel like I was just watching that guy. Like, if there was ever a Bill signing that made me feel old, I think it's Tavon yeah. Austin. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like I was just watching that guy in college. Yeah. And even like, I mean, I associate Tavon Austin in my brain with EJ Manuel. Oh, like, sure. Yeah. EJ Manuel doesn't feel like that long ago or like he's that old. Like, I'm right. like, well, EJ Manuel is probably like 27. He was just a fa- You know, he just failed in my mind. Just like, that just failed. happened. Yeah, like that just happened, his career failure. So, yeah, it's a good sign. Yeah. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Um, oh, I don't mind it. Other, I don't mind it. A couple other roster notes. Uh, Andre Smith. Linebacker suspended six mm. games for PED use. Seems to be fighting it. Not very processy of Andre Smith, Tony. Well, he's fighting it. So obviously he did nothing wrong. <laughs> obviously not. But 
if he is suspended for six games and usually these things are upheld, do they keep him on the roster or are they just cut bait? He was like my AJ Klein replacement at this point. I mean, I like Dodson, obviously, but Oh no, yeah. No, I I I did not consider him to be that replacement. I I no I consider no. him again to be another he's there for special teams. And I and I think of that just just as Manikevich is and Dodson and uh Bedford are the backups, true are the real linebackers that are backing up. Bedford? Bedford oh, no, I'm sorry, not Bedford. No, I'm sorry. I'm Bernard. sorry. No. Bernard. Bernard yes. is who I, mean. I was gonna say Bedford. That'd be putting on a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh any other notes about OTAs before we we get into probably the biggest Bills news of the week? <laughs> we mentioned it earlier, but any other thoughts about OTAs this week? Thoughts out to Kula Shakir, He Wolf, our He Wolf, get better soon. No, what is the biggest Bills news of the week? I don't even know what you're talking about. Fitz Fitz retiring. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Bills news. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, we gotta get to that. <laughs> Any other notes about OTAs? No. It's just, no we're I, talking about. Let's go. Seemed like a seemed like a pretty ho hum week for for the Bills. That one Bills drive, and uh, good to see Josh Allen back, of course, and looking refreshed after his golf outing. So, um, Visor Josh is is a spectacle. Visor Josh at OTAs twelve hours later. I know day. what a what a professional. We mentioned it, consummate professional. Um, the Tony, the big Bills news. Another speaking of quarterbacks, Bills quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick announced his retirement. Seventeen years in the NFL, playing for every team, all thirty-two teams, I think, at this point, <laughs> as he ends his career. No, he's been he's been around, but um, obviously, like to me, like I don't know how you sum up the Fitzpatrick Bills years, but like that was kind of like a light in the darkness. Like that was a fun team, right? You had Chan, right. you had Stevie, you had Fitz, T.O. for a year, um, Fred Jackson. Like that was a, that was a light in the darkness of the drought era to me. So um, Fitz always reps Buffalo. Got to appreciate that. He's been on multiple interviews saying his favorite place is Buffalo and the food's the best in Buffalo. And we see him at a negative degree Bills playoff game last year in the wildcard round against the Patriots, uh, shirtless cheering on the Bills, not in a box, not in, you know, a, a suite or, or anything for, for legends of the game, if you will, but out there with the fans shirtless yelling his <clears throat> yelling his lungs out. So I'll always appreciate fits. I'll always have a, have a, he'll always have a special place in my heart for his, his Bill's career. And I think you mentioned it earlier, just his personality alone, just the fact that he's he's like Josh in terms of very goofy. But I think whereas Josh knows he's goofy, Fitz, as you mentioned, does not realize how goofy he is. And it plays along very well with the whole Fitz motif, if you will, of like the long beard and the chest hair and, and the aviator sunglasses and whatever else he's got going on. Uh, I remember a clip when during his time with the Jets, uh, he got hit in the nose, like something, and he got a big gash on in his nose, like the, the, the crown of his nose, like, and he's getting interviewed and she's like, oh, that, that looks bad. And he's like, really? I haven't seen it yet. And all of a sudden, like, <laughs> instead of staying on that point and he's on camera, it looks terrible. Obviously he's like a chunk missing from his nose. Like Mike Tyson bit it off, but all of a sudden instead of staying on that point and talking about that or with the game, like Nick Mangold runs in and like. Fitz has like a, I don't even know, like a moment where he just like snaps into like Fitz mode and just starts like yelling for no reason. <laughs> like Nick Mangold yells and like, instead of Fitz saying like, oh, hey, I'm doing this interview. Like, let me go back to it. Fitz just starts yelling and loses his train of thought. And like, that's the quintessential like Fitz moment for me. <laughs> like 
<laughs> who that guy is. So, um, Tony, what are your thoughts about the, uh, the Fitz era, his career, his time with the Bills? Um, I mean, I think that of every drought quarterback, the one that I will be telling my grandkids about the most will be Fitz. Uh, yeah. I think that and the things that I will be quick to share with them are, as you mentioned, him as just a fan at a playoff game for the Bills while he was the starting quarterback of another team. Just that exactly. like just as soon as that happened, I'm like, so that's such a fun, abnormal like that's, that I never needed more validation as a Bills fan from that, mo- you know, out of right. or I never got so much validation as a Bills fan out of, than I could have possibly out of that moment or to, you know, just know exactly who Fitz is um, and that every word out of his mouth is is nothing but truth. Uh, and I so I will I will tell my grandkids that often and then I will easily transition into um, when he beat the Patriots. And then I will easily transition into just talking about um, his honest and his bright personality. Uh, You know, like he was, he was such a quarterback to root for during, especially during his time here. Like we made fits who he is. And in many, in some ways, like Fitz made us who we are and in showing us, not showing us, but invalidating us in like, he was truly a quarterback who felt like one of us. And that resonated the the first time. time. Yeah, Yeah, yes, exactly. That was the first time. Like that was the beginning of the Bills are ambassadors of the culture. Yes. As people that we kind of maybe like view as our superiors or someone in the national spotlight, one of our own people who are shown the world over but are, are, are our own and are going to be saying, and are going to be saying like, Hey, while I'm on this international broadcast, let me tell you about Barbell's blue cheese. You know, like, right. that's, so like that is, that is uh, the essence of um, a, a Buffalonians personality, someone who loved it, someone who loves us and we love them back. Uh, and that, and that was fit. And yeah, so I, it was, it was fun. Exactly. And, and he brought the fun and, and he was a good, he was the right quarterback personality for for that era of like Stevie and and the and who was in the locker room at the time. Right. It exactly. was just a fun time. It was a fun time. I think it was like you talk about validation. I think it was like if it wasn't for Fitz and his personality and being the leader of the team and you know all that the Stevie and I, I think that was like I think you can kind of pinpoint that as like the birth of Bill's mafia. Like, like it doesn't feel like any other player really embraced the fan base, the culture, what the fans were about, what the city was about until Fitz came along. I mean, you had JP, you had EJ, you had Drew Bledsoe, like those guys are fine, right? Like, you know, they didn't bad mouth Buffalo in any way whatsoever, but you know, Fitz was, I think the first guy to truly take on the culture and personify it. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think it just, you know, let Bill's mafia spread their wings and and shine brightest here. So Fitz has great moments. You mentioned the New England beating New England game, finally beating New England game, the 99 yard bomb to Terrell Owens against the Jaguars. Like there's, there's so many good Fitz moments. Um, But, you know, everyone's like, Oh, you should retire as a bill. Like, I don't think you should retire as a bill. He, He played for so many teams and I'm sure they're all very much a part of his career and, and, in, in one way or another. So retire as part of all those teams. It's like, that's what I think. Uh, he was the quintessential backup quarterback, like just really good pseudo starter, um, but really good backup, really good locker room guy. So um, from this podcast to Fitz, cause we know he's listening. Thank you for your career. Thank you for your personality. Thank you for being part of 
our bill's life for five years, um, you know, or four years. So that, that's all I have to say about that. Mm. Well, I disagree with you in some of that. I, I think you should retire as a bill. I think there, oh. there is speculation. I saw something that there's speculation that he did in the sense that uh, in the NFL transaction wire, his retirement was issued by the bills yeah, and no other, too, yeah. te- and no other team issued his retirement. So, I mean, that's speculation, I think in the sense that we don't really exactly know how it works. Um, mm-hmm. But I, uh, you think you should retire as a bill? But, I mean, I think, I think what they did in, in any sense that I don't know, I don't know if it works as like, you have to have a one day contract, yeah. but I think in what they did in that sense is good enough for me. <laughs> Good enough for me too. <laughs> yeah. If he retires as a bill, all the better. Uh, Tony, let's say, uh, what do you say we wrap it up here? Um, thank you to our sponsor, Traveling Growler. Of course, www.travelinggrowler.com. Koozie starting at just $5. Check it out. Tell them what you not funny sent you. Uh, cool designs, support local business, www.travelinggrowler.com. Perfect for the summer season, those barbecues and everything. Uh, t-shirt store, T-E-E, spring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Support the podcast. Check out all the designs, a lot of pop culture references, a lot of fun designs, good talking points for your next Bill's party. Teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Give us a like, give us a review, subscribe. Every week, drop in Sundays. Uh, at built in Buffalo underscore Spotify, iTunes. You can also search witty, not funny, all one word. We always like to say, whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate it. What else? Twitter handles, Tony, where can listeners find you? At T O N Y A M B R O S E at Tony Ambrose. Tony, Tony Ambrose. I was trying to do a stranger things theme song. <laughs> it was, you nailed um, it. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Follow Tony. Follow the podcast at Woody Sports 716 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page. Hit us up. TikTok. Follow our TikTok page as well. Starting to get that up and running. Um, so got that going. Follow us everywhere at Woody Sports 716. Give us a follow. We'll follow back. We love connecting with the Bills Mafia, Saber Sorts people out there, the Buffalo Sports community. Tony, that's all I got. Send off for the listeners. Hopefully not as harsh as last week, but if you choose to, go right ahead. <laughs> Uh, nope. Opposite. Uh, shout out State Farm. Shout out Amazon. Shout out. Uh, Capital shout One. Out, shout out Capital One. Shout out. Uh, Evo. Shout out Evo Vax Robot Vacuums. Shout out. Uh, LG. Uh, LG TVs. Shout out Method. Shout out Apple Corporation. <coughs> we should just go shout for like to- companies that don't exist anymore. Like shout out MySpace. Shout out Zune. I was thinking about MySpace actually, as you were talking about some stuff. Yeah, you, you said you were. You, oh, we were we were talking about uh, we were talking about like fits and like the beginning of virality, and I was like, oh yeah, like and that was the beginning. I was thinking like that was the beginning of like Bill's song fan songs on YouTube. Is like I yeah. I know so many like parody songs or fake songs or like dumb videos on YouTube from that era about the Bills and like it was all about fits. And then I was thinking <laughs> about well, the earlier it was that it was on MySpace and like the Brian Mormon intro song or some of the Bill songs that I ever listened to on people's MySpace pages. Shout out MySpace. Nice. Shout out MySpace. Tom, my first friend Tom. Shout out <laughs> my best friend. Yeah, yeah, my best, best friend. friend. Shout out wherever Luke Keekley went to high school. They miss you. Uh, <laughs> And shout out to a witty nation. Goodbye. That's all we got. <laughs> Metro PCS. <laughs> yeah. That's all we got. Uh, and as I always say, go Bills and stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later.
Moshon is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's a swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.